Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. On this edition of the podcast, how to move things with your mind. Yes, I am talking about telekinesis, psychokinesis, Jedi stuff, all right? Would you like to be able to do that? Well... I am going to give you some simple exercises you can do. They have worked for me, and I wonder just how far you can take it. Plus, if you're going to move things, why stop at just little straws, coins, the TV remote? Maybe you can actually start moving things on a larger scale, the energy of your reality. So we're going to do an experiment I'm going to play for you the tone I captured from a spectrogram of a $100 bill. Now, every time I have played this, and I've only done this about 10 or 11 times just to test it out before putting it here on the podcast. When I have played this tone for a person, afterward, something happens that brings money into that person's life. I tried it once before a casino. The person came out 250 bucks ahead. Another person I let listen to it got this mysterious check out of the blue that had been owed for five years. One of those kinds of things. Uh, somebody else literally just found 20 bucks, not 100, but 20 bucks on the sidewalk. This is happening too much for coincidence. So I'm going to play this tone for you. And maybe, I don't know, it'll help you reach out there with your own telekinetic ability and attract some money into your life. It's a fun experiment. What have you got to lose, right? Thank you for listening. Before we get into that, you know, I want to give you sort of an interesting insight regarding something I was recently talking about, and that is seeing the aura and opening the third eye and being able to actually start perceiving things of a more non-physical, interdimensional, maybe even spiritual manner, right? Because as I said before, you've got to see it to believe it. But once you start seeing it, well, now maybe you can start using it, right? You've got that human aura that you can start seeing if you use these simple techniques I've talked about on this show. 
And so that helps you reach out with that aura and start using it telekinetically. And after talking about this topic on the show, I was watching YouTube and there is this Canadian guy named Steve Wallace who makes these very simple camping videos. And I'm not a big camper. I camped a lot when I was younger out studying things like the Brown Mountain Lights in the wilderness. I don't camp too much anymore, but it's kind of relaxing to sit back when I'm about to hit the sack and just sort of watch him have some kind of little adventure uh, because he's out doing sort of, you know, spontaneous things. So my point, however, is this guy, Steve Wallace, is colorblind. And he appears to me that he's probably close to 40 years old. And so in one of his recent uh, YouTube videos, some of his viewers, they gathered some money and they sent him a pair of special glasses that are designed to help people who are colorblind see color. And so uh, he made this a part of his video where he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to open this for the first time on this uh site where I've just set up this tent. And so he he cracks open the box, he puts on the glasses, and he said, you know, obviously there are people out there who are going to expect him to go boo-hoo and have some big emotional reaction. But he's he's a very down-to-earth guy. So he put these glasses on, and he starts looking around, and he's like, wow. He's like, that's wild. He goes, man, that is that is definitely red because I thought that was blue. That's red. And he starts talking about the colors of the leaves and the color of the sky and the color of packaging on products. And he starts taking a walk uh, down a pathway and he's pointing out all these little colors of, you know, moss and stuff that he'd never realized was, was colored a certain way. And he said, I cannot wait to start a campfire and see a campfire in color for the first time. And I thought, wow. How now think about that. This guy is again around 40 years old, camping expert. God knows how many times he has lit a campfire, right? But he had never seen the campfire in color before. Now I have seen color my whole life you know i've i it's kind of funny if you go and take one of these color blindness tests i mean i, I guess you might be color blind and not know it until you take the test but no i i passed them 100 percent. so you take that for granted you know like my whole life i have been able to see colors i can see every color in the rainbow right and but to have this you know eye-opening experience literally an eye-opening experience when you're about middle age i think is uh is something profound that we should should think about and it starts making you think more about how the eyes function in general and the the fact that we see color is supposedly based upon this part of the eyes called the rods and you you know I'm, I'm sure that the eyes have rods and cones and so your rods are what helps you look straight forward and see color on the sides where you have your peripheral vision um that's no, actually i'm sorry uh no the cones the cones i correct myself the cones are what you use to look straight forward and see color. The rods are on the sides. That's your peripheral vision, and that helps you see black and white. And what's so intriguing is that there are so many more 
um, rods than cones, that you actually have better peripheral vision than you do have uh, looking straight forward. In fact, a typical set of eyes has 6 million cones. Now, again, that's the part that's looking forward at color. 6 million cones and 120 million rods. So you are able to see far, far better in your peripheral vision. I've heard eye doctors say that if you go back and you look at evolution, it's because, you know, back in the day, you had to worry about whether or not some lion or tiger was creeping up to eat you. And this was why we developed better peripheral vision. And of course, especially at night. And if you want to see the the difference between the straightforward vision and the peripheral vision, one thing you can do is look up what is called the curveball illusion. You can just get on YouTube. I think the last time I looked it up, it was called the illusion of a curveball, the illusion of a curveball. And uh, what you do is, uh, well, well, here's how the illusion set up. There's like this blinking ball that's falling vertically from top to bottom over and over. And when you look at it, you can see very clearly that it's moving from top to bottom. But if you look to the right, then in your peripheral vision, it looks like that instead of moving straight from top to bottom, this thing is moving far out to the left in a big arc. Now, I won't go into the explanation for why that is, but it's a very good uh, demonstration for you of the difference between looking at something straight on and seeing it peripherally. Now, I'm not saying that it's more accurate to see it in your peripheral vision. It's just that it's it's a different process that's happening there. And people talk often about seeing ghosts and other strange paranormal phenomena in the peripheral vision. This is especially the case with what is often called a shadow person. These shadow people seem to be kind of creeping around off to the side of a room and someone will see this shadow figure with the peripheral vision and then look straight at it and it will disappear. Um, We're still trying to figure out why that is. And in fact, I have an experiment plan down the road that I'm going to do with some of my various uh, victims. I mean, subjects who are going to volunteer to let me test them out. I'll keep you updated on that on this show. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, it's also common for children to be able to see spooky things and uh, paranormal and spiritual things better than adults. As you get older, the the lens and various other components of your eye thicken, which is why people eventually get cataracts. And so um, that that thickness, it blocks some of the, the frequencies and the wavelengths that come through. And so kids are able to perceive a wider range of light. And when it comes to animals, my goodness, I mean, snakes, insects, fish, frogs can see infrared light that we cannot see. There are a lot of creatures that can see UV light, uh, reindeer, uh, various birds, bees, even some cats and dogs can see UV. Of course, you have the especially weirdo sharks out there that can sense magnetic fields. I mean, that's a whole other thing to think about, however. In fact, I wrote a book called Pet Ghosts, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave, and I coined this phrase, phantomals, and a phantomal is a non-human apparition, so it's kind of a, a combo of phantom and animal, and I, maybe you'll check that book out called Pet Ghosts, Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave, and uh, in fact, you know what? 
I think I'm going to read something to you. I think I have time to squeeze most of this in before our first break. Uh, I was interviewed the other day by a writer for a very popular Spanish publication about the strange and paranormal. And she was asking me about phantomals and, um, and you know, how that maybe they are mistaken for cryptids. And I'll just read some of my response to her. I said, there are numerous types of ghosts. The two most basic are imprints and entities. Imprints seem like something recorded in the environment that replays itself over and over at certain times under certain conditions for certain people. They are unaware, predictable, non-interactive, and redundant. Entities are conscious, aware, unpredictable, and interactive. And these are more of what people think of as a traditional disembodied spirit. Now, we know that humans can appear as either entities or imprints. And when placed under a microscope, there is nothing to distinguish a human's physical carbon-based makeup from the makeup of most animals. So therefore, if a human can sometimes produce a ghost, an animal should be equally capable of producing a ghost. And I went on to say most of the time when a person sees an animal ghost, he or she does not realize it is a ghost. Most animals look solid, then they disappear. However, biologists tell us that 99.9% of the species that have lived on Earth are now extinct. So if you saw the ghost of an extinct plesiosaur in the waters of Loch Ness, well, you would call that a bizarre aquatic monster, right? The Loch Ness Monster. Other strange cryptids like Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, and Mothman may be examples of phantoms created by strange or even alien creatures of the past. And this would explain why people honestly see these things, but we are unable to find significant physical proof that most of these cryptids suddenly vanish just like a ghost. And of course, in my book, Pet Ghost, I I wrote about a wide spectrum of non-human apparitions, including not just cats and dogs, but horses, birds, insects, and yes, even dinosaurs. In fact, if you go to joshuapwarren.com and click the gallery of the strange, you can see some pictures of what may even be dinosaur ghost or dragons or call them what you will. joshuapwarren.com. So listen, folks, uh, That's an interesting thing, though, to think about how that we are able to see the world a certain way. Animals are able to see the world a certain way. But once you start opening your mind and you open your third eye and you start to sense other realms and other possibilities, well, now you have some confidence. Now maybe you can start to interact and affect them. Maybe you can become telekinetic or psychic kinetic I'm talking about the ability to directly move something physical without using normal, direct, physical contact. PK and TK. Is this a bad idea? (laughs) We'll get into that when we come back. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Do 
Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. 
Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. What does that mean? Well, you figure it out. Telekinesis or psychokinesis. These are terms that can be used interchangeably. And in a nutshell, what I'm talking about here is the ability to directly move something physical without using normal, direct, physical contact. Okay, think of Star Wars, the Jedis. The Jedi drops his lightsaber or her lightsaber and reaches over and boom, it flies across the room snaps back into the grip that's the sort of thing i'm talking about mind over matter is one way of looking at it but you know that is kind of an extreme exaggerated view um when you talk about instantaneous pk or uh let's just you know whatever pk tk maybe i should just stick with let's just call it pk and you know there, that's that's that seems very satisfying, doesn't it? The ability to just hey, I need a beer from the fridge. You know, you you're sitting there watching TV. Your whole life uh, is well. It's kind of like you have a remote control for your whole life. But that would also be a potentially very bad, dangerous thing. I mean, maybe we did not evolve to have instantaneous telekinesis or pk on that uh, level because do you remember how in star wars darth vader would get angry and clench his fist and then the officer on the other side of the table goes <coughs> and he starts choking if you could do that you'd probably be in prison right now because at some point in your life when somebody cut you off in traffic you'd say you know what now is the time <coughs> So if you really look at this from a reasonable point of view, um, it could be that we didn't develop that ability because if you had that, it was too dangerous. If people found out about it, they would kill you. You don't want people running around who can do that. That's why it's such a scary thing in the movies. And if you have the ability to instant, almost instantaneously affect the material world that way. Well, what happens if you kind of lose control of it and it just kind of spontaneously erupts? That is what many parapsychologists think is responsible for what we call poltergeist activity. 
when things just start flying off the walls or across the room. I've observed this kind of thing. I've witnessed this myself. So um, even videotaped it. If you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, you'll find uh, video footage from at least one house I went to where a meter was physically knocked over and then up on its side. And so, uh, and of course, that's one of those things you'll find at the Gallery of the Strange. But I hope while you're at joshuapwarren.com, you'll definitely click around and see everything, including the amazing Curiosity Shop. But listen, what I'm really most intrigued by is this general idea of the mind-body relationship. And until you start using exercises like the aura viewing exercises to see the energy field around the human body, you might not think about how far it can extend. It's not just as simple as being able to reach out and move a small object, even though we are going to get into that. And I'm going to give you some tips on how you can practice that. Think on a larger, more general level about this as well. Think about the very fact that we still don't understand the mind-body relationship. And what I mean by that is if I think right now that I want my arm to move, to lift up, all I do is think it and it happens. And that's very puzzling to a physicist because there is no direct physical force there that's lifting my hand up. For some reason, I just think it and it happens. That's almost like telekinesis or PK. I, you know what? I think I'm going to call it telekinesis or TK. That's for some reason that's easier for me. That's that's a form of TK or telekinesis, isn't it? And that's one of the reasons that I started opening my mind about the possibility that inanimate objects might become animated like creepy little dolls. Because if we don't understand how the mind and body, the non-physical mind connects with the physical body, well then how can we so easily discount the idea that a spiritual life force might sometimes animate an inanimate thing like a doll? So, the very fact that you can walk around and move and talk and interact is kind of a telekinetic thing. And you know what's what's really peculiar about all this is if you extend that past your body, there's a very simple exercise you can do. If you've never done this, you've got to try this out. It's called cloud busting. And I could do a whole show just about this topic because it relates to a lot of things related to Oregon, which is uh, in an energy philosophy. But the gist of it is you go outside, you find a cloud, you put your cell phone away. That didn't used to be a problem. You put your phone away, you sit there, you take some deep breaths, you relax, and you stare at that cloud and you just visualize it breaking up. And usually within five minutes, that cloud will break up. And you can do this over and over again. And five minutes these days seems like a long time. So give yourself an honest five minutes. This could be a form of your brain uh, extending, your mind extending past the body into the environment, which would kind of make sense because... You are in large part made up of water, and so is that cloud. So you have something in common there. Maybe your consciousness can affect it in a, in a certain more intimate way because you have that composition in common. So try cloud busting. Even if you've done it before, go out and do it, do it more often. And that also will, will start giving you an idea of how to visualize extending this energy field. 
Now, being here in Las Vegas, I certainly enjoy going out from time to time and using all these casinos as a laboratory to see if you can affect how a roulette uh, spin turns out or how the dice land in a game of craps. And I'm not the only one who does this. In fact, uh, on a future podcast, I'll go more in depth about experiments that we can do using casinos as laboratories. But uh, I, I met a man, I think it was last year, who is quite renowned for doing these types of experiments. His name is Dr. Joe Gallenberger. And I met him here in Las Vegas. He was giving a lecture and he was talking about bringing groups of people in and they would rent a craps table and craps is the one where you just you you throw the dice and you bet on it and there are a million different ways you can place a bet and it it can be very complex but at the end of the day if you can control the way that dice roll goes then that's a big deal and he said that when his students have come and they followed his techniques that he has been able to stand there and roll that dice for hours without hitting the wrong number you have right numbers and wrong numbers that you want to hit in the game of craps now look i have seen people stand up there and roll for 30 minutes and that's a huge big deal but he said he rolls for so long that finally he just gets tired of rolling and he teaches people how to do this and he said that one of the biggest things is every time you're you're gambling you think of yourself not as potentially losing money but planting seeds seeds that are eventually going to grow now i'm not telling you you should go out and and gamble your money away but when you look at it as an experiment that that's one of the things that's important is being in the right state of mind Uh, I was on a show called Paranormal Challenge years ago on the Travel Channel, and it was sort of a paranormal game show where I was a judge, and people would go out and they would uh, conduct investigations, and the panel of judges would determine who had done the best job. One of the judges I was on a show with was uh, Dr. Pamela Heath. She wrote this book called The PK Zone. And look, she is a legitimate parapsychologist. I mean, she's she's a psychologist. She's an MD. I've got this book in my hands. It's a 400-page book, The PK Zone, where she gives all of these legitimate cases of people um, who are involved with PK, who have had success with PK, and people who have been documented doing this properly. And uh, in fact, Joe Gallenberger was the one who said, Yeah, this book is a really interesting book. She has a list of nine guidelines for practicing PK in general. Uh, Here is what they are. Number one, be open to the experience. Number two, feel physically energized or upbeat. Number three, narrow your focus of attention and allow a natural loss of awareness of your surroundings. Four, feel connected to something outside of yourself. This does not need to be the target, but can be other people, objects, nature, or the universe. Number five, don't be too serious. Either approach things in a spirit of fun or feel whatever strong emotions are natural and easy to access. Number six, let go of the sense of individual identity. That is to say, disassociate. Number seven, don't think, just be and do. 
Now, those are some Yoda-like words of wisdom, right? In other words, suspend the intellect. Number eight, allow yourself to accept information that comes as a sense of knowing. Let it guide your actions and help you stay in tune with the process. And lastly, number nine is be invested in the goal, but trust the process. Don't think of what needs to be done in order to succeed. Allow yourself to be a part of the process, participating in it rather than trying to act on or control it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that all sounds fantastic, Josh. But I mean, I don't know how to do all that. Well, look, to to some extent, I think that when you hear stuff like that, it plants suggestions in your brain. It's like planting little seeds in your brain. So that subconsciously, when you sit down and you're given an exercise, then somehow those things may help you get into the zone. And that's why I give you that information. And when we come back from this break, I am going to tell you about some very specific exercises that you can and should do in order to start becoming telekinetic or psychokinetic. And I also want to make it very clear to you that, look, I have many friends who are wonderful magicians, and I am quite aware of all the tricks out there. There are lots of tricks. Uh, As a matter of fact, there was this uh, guy who was busted by the amazing Randy, and uh, that guy, let's see, James Heydrich was his name, and he was um, he was one of those guys, I think he, back in the 70s, he would sort of turn the pages of a phone book without touching them, or you know, do stuff like that, and it turns out he was just blowing on them. Uh, amazing Randy solved this on TV, by putting a bunch of foam packing peanuts around the target and saying, if you can move that without moving those foam peanuts, then I'll be impressed. Of course, he couldn't do it. But I do have a friend named Adam Cardone, who is a magician. And boy, did he pull off a spoon bending trick one time. Uh, I'll tell you about that when we come back, because a lot of people think of him spoon bending and fork bending and PK and you know Uri Geller type stuff so I want to touch on that before we uh, we get straight into uh, these exercises that you can do regarding PK uh, again go to joshuapwarren.com please sign up for my free e-newsletter there it takes you two seconds it's free and spam free And when you do that, you will instantly receive a free digital good luck charm and some other goodies. And follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. 
looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com forward slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com forward slash seniors. Enjoy your search. Have some fun at ParanormalDate.com. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Sandra Champlain. Ever wonder what happens when we die? Well, I'm going to make it easier for you to understand. Join me for my show, Shades of the Afterlife. New shows come out every Friday, so I'll be looking for you right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, the show where the unusual becomes usual. And yeah, I know a great magician. I know a number of them, but he is one of my favorite, the great Adam Cardone. He is working primarily in New York. He travels a lot, as most magicians do. And by magician, I mean a stage magician. You know, he does this for entertainment purposes. And years ago, he was in my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. The two of us were sitting at a pizza restaurant together. He was actually in town because we were filming a television show pilot. And he he just constantly amazes me. It's funny, you, you hang out with some of these professional magicians, and when they're not working, they don't like to do tricks. They act like it's beneath them. But he just is constantly entertaining. He loves it that much. And so at one point, I brought up you know the spoon-bending stuff. And he goes, yeah, I know how to do some of that. So this particular restaurant had some really thick, heavy-duty flatware. And I picked up my own fork. And there were a bunch of people at the table, so we were all looking at this from different angles, and I handed it to him and said, well, what can you do with that? And he took the fork, and he stroked it for a second, and I swear to you, that thing did a complete twist, okay, like a 360-degree twist, and he handed it back to me, and everybody's jaws were on the table. I said, how in the heck did you do that? And he said, well, it's a trick. <laughs> but he would not tell me the trick but boy uh, I don't know how he did it I mean I kept that fork all right it was a part of my museum and it will be on display again someday it's in storage right now I'm going to create a new facility here in Las Vegas and showcase some of my stuff in the near future but it, I don't know how he did it now I do know some tricks like I even did a spoon bending trick at a Halloween party one time and everybody thought it was real. And then I turned around immediately and explained how the trick worked because I learn a bunch of magic tricks so that I am hard to fool. It's very difficult to trick me compared to the average person. Um, so when I learn a trick, if I perform it, then I turn around and I tell everybody like Adam did that it's a trick or I even tell them how the trick was done because I don't want people to to confuse truth with fiction when it comes to me because I'm a professional paranormal investigator. I don't want anybody to think I'm crying wolf or, or trying to be deceptive. So I realize there are, are fake things out there, but um, you know what? This whole concept of being able to move stuff directly with your mind, telekinesis, there is a reality to it. And I'm going to tell you some things you can do to exercise this. Again, Telekinesis or psychokinesis, the ability to directly move something physical without using normal direct physical contact. And you have to start off small with this. It's kind of like learning to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star before you can play Rachmaninoff. So to condition your brain and your mind to what can be done, you need to start off with things that you perceive as being delicate and easy to move. It reminds me of that scene from The Empire Strikes Back when Luke Skywalker's uh, X-Wing, his big spacecraft there, it sinks into a swamp. And he's next to Yoda there, the Jedi Master, 
And Luke goes, oh, man, you know, we'll, we'll never get it out now. And Yoda goes, so certain are you? I, you know what? My wife says I shouldn't do a Yoda voice when I give Yoda quotes, but I think that's impossible to avoid. Impossible it is for me to avoid. Uh, so I'm just going to do it. So Yoda says, mm, always with you. It cannot be done. Mm. So anyway. Luke says, Master, moving stones around is one thing, but this is totally different. And Yoda goes, no, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right. So Skywalker goes, I'll give it a try. And Yoda goes, no, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. And so this is what I'm talking about. If you can move something small, then maybe there's no difference between that and moving a mountain. But you need to start with something small. Cloud busting is a great way to start. Next, try this. Light up a candle. Sit there in front of the candle. You got to have patience. Give yourself at least 10 minutes the first time, maybe 30 minutes. And you look at that candle and you start going into the zone that Pamela Heath was talking about in her book, The PK Zone, and try to see if you can make that candle that candle flicker when you want it to and how you want it to. Here's a second thing you can do. Get yourself a glass bottle that's clear, a clear glass bottle. Make sure it's nice and dry on the inside. And then Roll up a piece of paper or cardboard, kind of like a cigarette or a cigar, and light it. And hold the bottle upside down and put the burning paper in the mouth of the bottle and let the bottle fill up with smoke. If you have a cigarette or a cigar, you could use that as well. I am not trying to inspire anybody to go out and you know start smoking. All right, I'm just you just need some smoke in this bottle that's turned upside down. It'll start filling up, but you don't want to fill it up completely. You want it to be about, you know, half full of smoke, so it's pretty hazy. You put the cap on it, you sit there, and you want to set it in front of yourself where there's something behind it as a reference point. Could be a picture on the wall or a tree or whatever, but it'll give you a good reference point, and then what you do is you start zoning into the smoke and you start thinking move left move left move left move left or move right move right move right and you start seeing if you can shift most of that smoke either to the left or to the right now i wish i could tell you something more distinctive about how to do this but i think it's a little different for everybody it's like sink or swim you just have to get there and if it if, if it works for you then You'll, something in your brain will remember that worked. Whatever I just did worked. And that's how the, the new neurons get, you know, forming and things start snapping and synapses start firing and all that kind of stuff that we really can't explain starts to happen in the brain. Something new develops. Another thing that's very simple to do, especially if you have a connection with water like I do. I like to snorkel and scuba dive and all that kind of stuff. Get yourself... A nice sizable bowl uh, and fill it with water. Any type of water will do. Probably, you know, distilled water might be better just because it has less little impurities. But get yourself some nice clean water and just float some flower petals on the surface of the water. 
And then you simply sit there, you take some deep breaths, and you stare at the flower petals, and you think about them moving, floating somewhere on the surface of the water, wherever you want them to go. And if you do this for 30 minutes and nothing happens, that's fine, because a connection will have formed in your brain that's getting you moving in the right direction, so that when you do it the next time, it might work. And if it doesn't work the second time, it might work the third time. And if it doesn't work the third time, it's probably going to work the fourth time. But do it once a day. Give yourself a week. If you're serious about this, you're developing a brand new skill. Now, of course, one of the easiest and most popular things to do is to make what is often called a PK will. That's where you sit down and you take a piece of paper, any kind of lightweight paper will do, and you cut a little square out of it. And the square can be maybe two inches by two inches. And then you fold it corner to corner and open it. And then you fold the others, the other corners, uh, corner to corner and open it. And you end up with a pyramid shape. And then you mount that on top of a needle, just a sewing needle. And what I like to do is take something that will hold that needle in place like putty or, or stick it through a pencil eraser so that you have that needle sticking straight up and you just rest that little paper pyramid on top of it. And you put your hands on either side and you can do this with all these experiments. You put your hands on either side and you try to control your breathing and you just see if you can make that little piece of paper spin clockwise or counterclockwise. And if you get really good at it, you can put a jar over top of it, a glass jar, and get it to spin. I did that using one of these types of devices. And I had a video camera rolling the whole time. And I sat there for 30 minutes trying to get this thing to spin underneath a, a jar. And I'm talking about, I, by the way, I took a hairdryer and put it on full heat, full blast, and fired it at this pinwheel inside of this jar, and it did not budge. So that thing was pretty darn airtight. And I was able to sit down, and it took me 30 minutes of concentration, putting my hands around it in different positions, not close to it, but just nearby. And finally, after 30 minutes, I got it to move. Once you have a little needle or a pin with a sharp point like that sticking up, then you also can take a drinking straw, a plastic drinking straw, and you can snip off a little section of it that's about four inches long or less, maybe maybe more like three inches, and poke a little hole right in the middle and balance that drinking straw there. And you never know what is going to work best for you. For some people, it'll be the paper square that's shaped like a triangle. For other people, it'll be the straw the way that it looks and feels and the way you sense it. But you want it to be in a precarious position so that it's able to spin around very nicely and lightly. Now, these are simple things you can do to start practicing moving direct little physical objects. But you know what? Even though this is a great way of practicing, the bigger picture is you can not only use telekinesis in order to directly move little things, but you can use them to move situations. I mean, that's the real power here. The real power is rearranging all the physical particles in your reality, in your matrix, as if you are hacking into the software program of reality and shaping it yourself. 
And I talk about this extensively in my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, and how important it is to start your day optimistically. Every single day when you wake up, the first thing you should do before you check your phone or go to the bathroom or anything, you should say to yourself, I live in a friendly, loving, supportive universe that wants me to be happy and succeed. Even if you don't believe that is true, you should say it. I live in a friendly, loving, supportive universe that wants me to be happy and succeed. That's where you're setting the foundation for your day. And after that, you can go out and you'll be amazed how magical things will start to happen. You'll start to use telekinesis to rearrange your reality. And hey, if you want to make some scary stuff happen, if you want to generate something paranormal, if you want to generate a ghost, fine. But you can also, well, use it just to change the experience that you're having, the situation in any way. When you go about your day, look, be sure to just treat everybody with the golden rule, right? Period. Just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if you do those two things, you start your day with that friendly universe quote, and you live every day with that balance in mind, then suddenly you'll begin to see your telekinesis start crackling and you'll start moving things. And hey, what does everybody need and want? Money, right? People want money. Not just because they're greedy, because you can take money and you can do wonderful things. You can do charitable things. And we're going to try to tap into your brain when we come back from this break. And I'm going to play for you a tone that I extracted from a $100 bill. And we're going to see if we can, if, if this is going to work for you, okay? You have nothing to lose. Listen to this. I'm going to expose you to this. And I believe that after you hear this, some kind of spontaneous money is going to fall into your life because we're opening up that connection between the mind, body, environment, relationship. You don't want to uh, miss this. So <laughs> I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am Joshua P. Warren, and in this final segment of this particular show, I'm going to play something for you I think you will find quite interesting. We are talking about, of course, telekinesis, psychokinesis, mind over matter. And yeah, you know, if you can use it to spin a pinwheel around or to... Turn off the lamp before you go to bed at night. But if you can do that, why not practice and maybe use it on a larger scale for situations like shaping reality some, finding yourself a better parking space when you need it, or making a sunny day when it's supposed to be a rainy day, or better yet, reach out and bring yourself abundance, prosperity, money. We all need it, and therefore, let's think about whether or not we can start triggering that 
in you with this tone I'm about to play. In fact, there's something really interesting about the concept of money triggering psychic phenomena. If you do tests with people, and I've done this plenty of times, and you, you give them ESP challenges, they do okay. But then you say, now if you get this right, I'm going to give you 20 bucks, then boom, all of a sudden, guess what? They start nailing it. The percentage of success goes up. It's true. And before I play this tone for you, and I and again, this is an experiment. We'll see what happens in your life or, or what doesn't happen, but can't hurt. Uh, here is something that I want to point out when it comes to money in general. Money is such a strange, mysterious, nebulous thing because it's really just an energy. I mean, money ultimately comes from one place, and that is other people. So the energy that you put out determines to a certain extent the amount of money that you make, whether that's physical or mental or emotional or spiritual energy. The, the, the type of energy and the amount of it you put out determines what comes back to you because most money these days is intrinsically worthless. What are you going to do when you're lost in the desert with a million dollars or a big chunk of gold? when you need water and sunblock and shade and something you can eat, you know? <laughs> so uh, we, we've moved away from that bartering system. And in fact, here's a, a tip. This, is a, this could be one of the most valuable tips that anybody has ever given you. In your pocket, one of your pockets, your purse, someplace that you, you, know, you will keep things on a daily basis, keep for yourself a piece of foreign currency that just looks very exotic and weird to you. And, and the reason I say that is every time you come across that piece of foreign currency, and it could be like a coin for from Mexico or Canada, if you live here in the, in the U.S. or, you know, it doesn't matter. I went to Romania and the, the cash over there was sort of like plastic, except, you know, it looked like Monopoly money, but it was made of plastic. Just get some piece of currency from a foreign government and keep it with you so that every time you see it or you feel it, it's a reminder to you that money is not about this physical thing, that money is about the energy it represents. And when you do that, it, it changes the way you start interacting with the world and it brings in a lot of abundance. But since I am here in the US, here's what I did. I wanted to extract a tone from a $100 bill. And of course, I use various methods of doing this. In this particular case, we have what is called uh, a spectrogram that's been converted into an audio signal. I also I combine this kind of stuff with uh, Parasymatics 2.0. Long thing to get into, but you know I, I like to do this and give you a sound, a tone from a certain image. Of course, in this case, a $100 bill has an image on the front and on the back. So I decided to combine those images. I got into an imaging program and I took the front of a $100 bill and the back of a $100 bill and I combined them with 50-50 opacity. So you actually have the combination of front and back here and I extracted the tone from that. Who does this kind of stuff, by the way? 
All right. <laughs> You're probably not going to find this sort of thing on any other program than strange things. So I'm about to play for you the tone that came from this. It, it, it lasts about 20 seconds. And I want you to really think about this. If you're in a situation like you're not driving and you can close your eyes and really listen to it, then do that, because I think this may trigger something in your brain that's going to somehow start that process of creating sympathetic resonance and bringing money into your life. Let's just see if it works. Okay, you ready? It's 20 seconds. Here we go. All right, now, I am not going to give you my interpretation of that. You know, as I've said before, I don't like sort of implanting suggestions in your brain. But to me, there's something about that tone that sounds very sort of dense and fundamental. Let's listen to it again. Here we go. So now that you have been exposed to that tone twice, I'm wondering what will will happen if you actually play it as often as possible. And I mean, maybe you just replay this segment of the podcast, or if you're somebody who's in, in the recording biz, you know, maybe you can go in there and you can extract it. But it could be that if you subject yourself to this tone, then it's going to start mm, rattling something in the brain up there that is going to trigger that reaction I was talking about that will bring that money to you. I mentioned sympathetic resonance. It's like when you take a tuning fork and you strike it and you hold it next to an identical tuning fork that you haven't touched and the second tuning fork also starts to ring as if you had touched it. It's the vibration that's being transmitted from one place to another. If a guy walks into an empty room and bangs a chord, well, let's say a room that's empty except for a piano, and he bangs a chord on a piano, if there is a second piano in the room, that second piano will also ring with that chord. That's sympathetic resonance. So sometimes... Something gets sort of joggled in your brain, a resonance, an abstract sound, and it it activates a corresponding signal out there. So I have just resonated your brain in some way with the signal from a $100 bill. And so now your brain is going to shoot that back out into the universe. And that may, guess what? Resonate whatever brings you activate whatever brings you that kind of money back into your life. And if you have success with this, you know, even if you don't have success with it, let me know. 
All you have to do is go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com, and you'll find my email address there on the homepage. I I do my best to read every email. I can't say that I read them all. I used to say that, but now it's just getting like ridiculous but i do my best to read all of them obviously i cannot reply to all of them but i take them very seriously and i incorporate them into this show so let me know what happens when you play with that recording and i will continue to play sounds from very interesting things for you you know um years ago i was producing these big conferences at the grove park inn resort and spa in Asheville, north carolina and these were paranormal conferences so i had a section called psychic games and i would bring people up onto the stage and i would actually start by selecting people from the audience who seemed to have some psychic ability i had some of those cards a lot of people call them esp cards or zener cards one has a star one has a circle one has wavy lines one has a square etc and i would say how many of you think this card i have in my hand has got a star on it you know and then people would uh well actually i think i started by having everybody stand up and people would say ah i I do and i'd say okay you sit down you're wrong and then i'd be like how many of you think it has a circle you know you sit down you're wrong and I, i finally i would end up with like 10 people who got this right bring them up onto the stage and give them a series of psychic challenges so one of them would be a telekinesis challenge one would be a telepathy challenge where they're trying to send a message to somebody else um i can't remember all the games that i did but that actually is something that i could probably franchise i could probably go around the country and and start you know the the athletic psychic challenge competition and it'd be a lot of fun to to watch and participate in and who knows maybe i'll start that up in las vegas that sounds pretty cool doesn't it but what i found is once again people would do well but then i would say now we're going to do all these games over again and this time whoever wins is going to get 20 bucks or 40 bucks or 50 bucks or 100 bucks and all of a sudden everybody sits up much straighter and they they start getting much more serious and boom 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 now they start doing truly extraordinary things and that is because that if you think about evolution supposedly every sense that we have whether it comes from you know seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling or feeling things we evolved those senses because they helped us survive nowadays the world has changed and so what helps us survive is money and so new psychic senses are developing when you are motivated by the money you need to transform into paying your bills feeding your children buying medicine all that kind of stuff all right, it, money becomes a reality for you, and so that's why there's a, a a great connection between prosperity and abundance and money and psychic instinct. And uh, it's kind of a taboo subject in some cases. People think, well, money's the root of all evil. No, no, no. Love of money is infatuation with money is that's called greed. But you can do wonderful things with money, and this is a. Of a basic way of studying it so i look forward to digging into all of that with you next week i think what i might do i'm I'm not sure i think i might get into a really interesting topic with you 
How would you like to hear about shape-shifting immortals? Wendigos, aliens, ghosts, vampires, skinwalkers, even some creatures that used to be human but aren't anymore. And also maybe some amazing coincidences regarding destiny and fate. (laughs) You better subscribe to this podcast, but that's going to do it for this particular edition. You got to follow me at Joshua P. Warren on Twitter there and sign up for my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com to instantly receive a free digital good luck charm emailed to you. Check out all the wild stuff on my site and the curiosity shop there. Things you won't find anywhere else. There's no period after the P in joshuapwarren.com. So remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.